0: It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. So happy to be with you. Happy New Year. We are back. And, man, I am excited to be here with you to kick off the New Year. I want to thank everybody who subscribed to the show on whatever streaming platform you are listening on. I appreciate it because, yes... This show can be found on all streaming platforms, but even more excited because now that New Year is here, I took last week off, uh, things just end of the year, so a lot going on in my job job as that time of the year. Anytime we get to the end of the year or really around a holiday in radio, in the entertainment world, it gets crazy. It gets really wild, really hectic, so focused a lot of my energy in on that, took a break, Had a little relaxing time. Hopefully, you had a relaxing week as well. Hopefully, you had a relaxing holiday. Haven't spoken to you since Christmas. So, hopefully, Santa was good to you. Got you all the gifts you wanted. It was a Merry Christmas. Hopefully, the New Year's rang in well. Uh, But this episode today, and really excited to be back, uh, not just because of this episode today. We're going to have our first ever guest on this show, my buddy from Haunter's Podcast, Zach Hilton, is going to be Coming on in just a moment, and we're going to actually get into uh, counting down top films of 2021. I have my list. He's got his list. We're going to compare. We're going to debate. We're going to scream at each other. It's going to be a great time. Honestly, I don't know if we're going to yell and scream. But it's going to be a fun conversation about films from this past year. Uh, Also, though, we are going to look ahead to films of this year, 2022. I'm going to put together a list of 10 films that we are excited for. Uh, He doesn't realize that yet. I'm going to kind of drop that on him and be like, hey, what ten films are you excited for this year? But yeah, no, we're going to get into films for this year that we're looking forward to, films from last year that make our list. Going to be a really fun episode and just kind of a little bit of why I'm excited about this year because uh, when I started this show... It's, it keeps morphing and keeps changing, like I've said. And 2022 is the year that I hope to bring in more special guests, do more things like an episode like today. So with that being said, uh, we, we will definitely see where 2022 takes us. But let's get into it. Uh, actually, really quickly, before we get to Zach, who is waiting on hold, and we'll get him in here in just a moment, there's a conversation that uh, he brought up that I wanted to get into here for a second on this show. So the Scream movie comes out next week. Uh, That is the first real big film of this year that I think we can all agree we're really excited for. Uh, Actually, I haven't haven't even decided yet, and I'm about to do the recording here with Zach in a second, but I haven't even decided if I'm going to put Scream on my most anticipated list just because of how quickly it's coming out. But Scream is coming out, and... An episode of Haunter's podcast that will be coming out on Monday of next week. Uh, You can go ahead and subscribe and like that show as well. That's on all streaming platforms. Go back and listen to old episodes of that. Uh, But Haunt season, we get into a little bit of it. But uh, Scream came up on that episode and he asked me a question regarding the owner and the property rights of it. And I wasn't prepared for it at that time. So I did a little bit of a deeper dive into Uh, Really just not even Miramax, but Dimension Films, which is who produced Scream and what really has transpired and who owns the Scream rights because we, I believe we came to the conclusion that Disney had a part in the franchise. Still, that is actually not the case. So Scream is a big portion of the Miramax uh, Dimension Films aspect of things, which was launched by uh, gotta say the name, but by Bob Weinstein, the Weinstein company brought Dimension films to the forefront. Uh, and in 1993, 1999 to 1999, that is when Disney acquired and owned Miramax films before they eventually sold it off. Uh, in 2000 to 2004 dimension films was kind of its own, like little thing there for a while. Uh, And then in 2005, they separated off from Miramax, which is where the Weinstein brothers purchased the rights to dimension films completely from Disney. So Disney started to kind of look to sell it off in the late 90s, then the early millennium aspect. Finally sold it off. The Weinstein company took full control in 2005, uh, and they had control of it, which is when they then uh, released as the Weinstein company. Uh, They would go on and co-produce several titles with MGM uh, after separating from Miramax, which was still a Disney property. But that's when they did, like, the Amityville Horror, uh, the 2006 Black Christmas. Uh, Dimension still had the rights to the Halloween franchise that they had gotten years prior when they made Halloween 6 and H2O. That's when they then decided to go ahead and reboot it with Rob Zombie's Halloween films in 2007. They did The Mist. Uh, The Grindhouse film, which is really good. The Tarantino Rodriguez double feature. Uh, And that's also when they produced Scream 4. And Dimension partnered up with MTV for the Scream TV series. Now, when they teamed up for the Scream TV series, this is where things start getting a little different and a little chaotic and a little more hectic and why I was a little like, ooh, I don't know where everything is. Uh, Because to kind of break it down for you, Uh, In 2015, Dimension Films lost the rights to the Halloween franchise, which is why it's now out there, why it's now Blumhouse, Universal, all that good stuff, um, and why they got their hands on it. But on June 24th uh, of 2019, that is when the Scream TV series that they had Dimension and MTV teamed up for announced that it would be moving the Scream TV series for its third season to VH1. Dimension did not produce that. They were not a part of that. Uh, and they also had involvement in One Ball Pictures, who owns the Funnier Die Online series, and they actually released their first episode of Lesson with John McEnroe with Dimension Films. But what ended up happening is, in 2019, that's when we started to see all the things uh, transpire and... Miramax, aka Dimension, ended up selling off uh, a lot of its library and a lot of its its rights, and it's actually not under anybody. So the Scream franchise is not actually under anybody's property, but now uh, Paramount, because when Paramount came in and purchased it, they actually got control over the Scream franchise. Uh, via Spyglass Media Group and all of that, who have now been uh, owners since 2021. So it's still very, I I know, you're probably like, what the, Nick? It's still very hectic, but really the big, what I wanted to get to is that the Scream films are not owned by the Weinstein Company. They are not under ownership of Disney. They are under ownership of Paramount. Uh, So they are the ones, Paramount Pictures is the one that actually owns the Scream rights. So they are the ones that license it out. They are the ones that have control over it. And that is why they are the ones producing this new one that does tie in. So they could technically play around in the Scream 1 through 4 franchise if they wanted to. This question came up because, uh, you know, we'll get into it. If you listen to Haunter's podcast on Monday, uh, you will find out. There's a rumor, uh, we get into a little discussion of a rumor of could Scream be an HHN house, and we were trying to figure out who owns it because of what the cost might be. Uh, That's how Deep Haunter's podcast goes, right? We actually talk money and financials as far as haunted houses stuff goes. But yeah, the conversation came up there, but I figured it would be good to bring it up here. So uh, from everything I gathered, the Scream films are not owned by anybody but Paramount. That was part of the deal, part of the package when they got it. They got control of that franchise, so they are the ones that hold the rights. Uh, I do know that Weinstein and his company hold the rights to Kevin Smith's Dogma because there are some things that they do still hold the rights to that they didn't lose complete control of, but the Scream franchise is one of those franchises They have no tie-in for, uh, and Paramount is the one that has it, so Paramount and all of its subsidiaries, like Spyglass and all of that, they're the ones that can play in that field and uh, actually can release and do whatever they want to, and part of what helped me find that as well is I saw that they released uh, a special 25th anniversary. Uh, Paramount was the one putting it out there, so uh, yeah, there you go. The Scream franchise, not in anybody's hands, so They wouldn't have to pay Disney. They wouldn't have to pay uh, the Weinsteins. It is not owned by any of them. All right. With that being said, uh, we will welcome into the show now my good buddy, uh, Zach Hilton. And we're going to talk a lot of movies from this past year, movies for this upcoming year. So sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the ride.
1: I mean, that's all I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but hey, fucking, I'm excited because you're a uh, different wonderful on show. I am a different wonderful <laughs> on this show. Although
0: we'll see. You might
1: both be. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. I
0: mean, fuck it. Why, why not? Like, this is the conversation right here. This is how we get into it, <laughs> Zach, buddy. We're
1: just recording, we're just going, and it's, it's the episode, man. So, welcome into the Mr. Wonderful show, Zach oh man thanks for having me nick wonderful variant i have a i have a variant we again like i said we will see if you pull out the
0: haunters version of me mm-hmm. uh the mike and bob show wonderful <laughs> the wonderful the, show Exactly. The Q, who knows which wonderful do we get you're gonna find out uh, it's it really is the variant wonderful show this time <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. Okay, so really, I am excited you could be here. Obviously, we do Haunter's Podcast together. We go a ways back, you and I, Zach. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I figured it would be fun to have you on because long before we did Haunter's, uh, back when you were wrestling for a living, Mm. you did Zach's movie show. So I figured who better to have on than my buddy Zach to talk some movies
1: about the past year. I really appreciate this because I do not have that avenue. Like, I'm trying to make the speakeasy not movie-centric. Like, I'm just trying to make it a life podcast. So, like, it's very nice for, uh, like, you to invite me on your show to talk about something I love.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's uh, I guess I should say that as well. Uh, I mentioned that you and I do Haunters, but you have been off since Haunters is off-season. You've launched your own solo podcast, uh, Zach Speakeasy. Where, yeah, you don't get to talk about this, but what do you get to talk about on Zach's Speakeasy?
1: It's just a bunch of BSing. Like, we find a drink of choice, and sometimes they match, sometimes they vary. And we just talk about the person who I have on their career, their life, and stuff like that. Like, I've had you on, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we get into like kind of your early career into radio and a little bit of podcasting. And then we can shift it wherever we want to go the conversation. You know what I mean? It's just a nice good time if you want to just listen to a couple of people babble about God knows what. And it, it is a fun time. There was a
0: different variant version of me on that episode. <laughs> it was. I'm
1: telling you, you can find a different version of a wonderful on every show he's on. It's really crazy. I'm waiting for the alligator version of me.
0: <laughs> oh boy, I bet it's adorable. It probably is, but you don't want to get too close. I'll bite your hand off, A little snapper. <laughs> A little snappy snap. snap. <laughs> turn you, I'm gonna turn you into chubs, baby. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna be so much fun. I'm also. I also gotta say, Zach. I'm really happy you are my first guest on this show
1: that's wild that's kind of exciting not gonna lie because i envy like guys like you and rob who have solo shows because i always hate doing my speakeasy solo episodes like so much so and this is a little behind the scenes i have re-recorded three episodes because i've hated how they sounded um because I I record them, then I go through some like personal notes, and then I re-record it. So I envy guys like you that can pull off a solo show. I I don't envy me. I don't think I pull it off well. Rob, on the other hand, he oh, does no, good. Both, show. You both you both are great. You both uh, you oh. both have your like your strengths in certain areas, and I just love yeah it. yeah follow that <laughs> up. What's next, bitch? Say it. (laughs) Oh, the variant's out. (laughs) Wow, angry variant. Calm down. Angry angry Wonderful's here. Uh, Sun's getting real low, big guy.
0: Oh, what happened? Who was that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was the Patricia variant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, is like, Rob, he just uh, flies by the seat of his pants. And like, I love that about him. I know when you come into the wonderful show, you got, you got your like notes. You have the way that you're going to go. What section, what uh, next uh, topic is and stuff like that. So it's very like. I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it's very precise.
0: It has, it has that little bit of, uh, I I believe it was Mark that said it in the review. has I bring that little bit of radio background that I have that little tiny bit of like, eh, I can
1: kind of, it's like an extension. (laughs) It's an extension of a radio show in a way it's like, perfect. And it's kind of what I try for this show to be,
0: but I am hoping to have more guests on. So hopefully you can come back as well and not just talk movies. Because I mentioned that you used to be an independent wrestler. Mm-hmm. You also are uh, an indie filmmaker as well. I will give you credit for that because you were an, an award winning ah. independent filmmaker, my friend. Ah, how crazy is that?
1: Yeah. I'm currently
0: writing a new movie. I cannot wait to find out how I die
1: in that movie. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have to figure it out. I'll, I'll let you look at all the roles, and you tell me what what you're eyeing for. I mean, just make it just make it the co- the coolest one there, man. Just the coolest one. <laughs> I think that's possible. Actually, yeah. fun fun fact: uh, one of the characters is Nick. I, so. I- I can, I can play, uh, listen, another variant of myself. (laughs) I was about to say, I don't know if it's a far-fetched of you, just so you know. (laughs) Oh boy. Let me guess. Is he Italian? (laughs) Does he have a New York
0: attitude? (laughs) God, does he? (laughs) Is he a New York Mets fan and Jets fan? Oh, miserable piece of garbage. (laughs) What a guy.
1: What a guy. Does he also like wine, specifically from Williamsburg, Virginia? Boy, you're really nailing this character. Wow, God, it's like I—it's like I've been doing the backstory on him for years now. Two dimensional, my butt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, enough with this. I don't want to turn this into an hour-long show, although it's going to be because when you and me get in a room together, or when we just get on microphones. Uh, we have no limits, no. so I gotta, no, try and be, I gotta try and be more of a host than I ever was on Haunters, which is why <laughs> you technically became the host. <laughs> I right. just, I just talk topics, baby. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 just, I just bring the, the green color commentary. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. <laughs> All right, so we are here to talk 2021 films in 2022. I know, crazy, but it took me a while to watch the movies. I didn't even finish everything on my list. I don't know about you, Zach.
1: Um, no, I am missing uh, a couple of movies. I'm actually going to caveat that with, like, there are ones that I know would have made my top ten. I just didn't watch them for certain reasons. So just go into that with it.
0: Yeah, same with me. Like, I, the the big ones that I jotted down that I know I'm mad, Tick, Tick, Boom, mm-hmm. which I have a feeling... Uh, I got a little sneak of yours, so I know that's going to come up in conversation. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. The Last Duel, I know I talked about it on this show, the Ridley Scott movie. Yeah. I I am mad I didn't get to see that. Uh, Licorice Pizza, the one that's in theaters, Power of the Dog. Yeah. Uh, and And then the real other one that I was really mad about, I didn't get to see the Nicolas
1: Cage movie, Pig. I did not see Pig either. Uh, Last Duel, I do want to see. I don't know if it would have made the top 10, but I definitely wanted to see it. I think for me, I have Dune that I didn't go see. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. (laughs) But now here's the caveat of it. The reason why is because once I heard that it was like half a movie and they still didn't get greenlit for the sequel, I didn't want to see it. And then... Once it came out, or, you know, it, it did good business, they announced it. I was like, okay, I'll watch Dune and Dune 2 together.
0: It's funny you say that because that's how I felt. I really wanted to go see it, and then that initial weekend response with the Zendaya mm-hmm. freak out. Right. But realizing, like, I guess I should have... I guess we all should have known it was a part one or part two, but... I would have never not known really, that.
1: Oh, I... I mean, well, I've never I seen the original. That's what I'm saying. So, like, to know after the fact that it's like, oh, no, it's only part of the story that's in that original movie. I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to wait then. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think it was Kevin Smith.
0: One of his mm-hmm. shows, he talked about loving, like, the original and knowing how big it was. And I was like, oh, this is clearly going to be, they're going to it this thing.
1: You know,
0: they're going to they're going to stretch this bad boy out because they are thinking money, Uh, you know, like people are going to shell out for this one. And people did people turned out. That's why they are doing the sequel now. Exactly. uh, Yeah, I'll see that probably when it goes back on
1: HBO Max. Uh, I know that's going to make some people angry. eh, I mean, here's my thing. I think I'm going to go the same route of waiting. But if they do in theater a like double feature, I'll do it. Oh yeah, I do Definitely. it as well. Well, you know, it also pays to have that Regal Crown card, baby. Oh god, oh. so much crown. Or that Cinemark uh one I got. I don't know the name. Oh, that Cinemark crown, yeah. Oh, 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 oh movie club. Oh, Ooh, I'm part of the movie club.
0: Oh, that movie club, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, they changed they changed the system now. Now where like how I get one movie a month with my nine ninety nine. Um They've changed it where if you go to the theater, at least, I think it was like buy 60 tickets or visit the theater 25 times, you get promoted to platinum and you get two tickets a month. Oh, you're going to kill that in a week. I got to. <laughs> I have to now. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. I'm so I'm so excited for you to get the platinum status. Yeah. By summer, I'm getting platinum. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be pretty easy because actually later on, we're going to talk about uh... 20 anticipated films <laughs> 2022, which is why we got to get into this countdown and why and this is going to be the longest episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show.
1: This is going to turn into the dune of Mr. Wonderful Shows. <laughs> We're just going to cut off at number five. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be great. I'm totally Timothy Chalamet.
0: All right, that's fine. I'm Zendaya. So oh, ah! <laughs> That means I got Tom Holland, baby. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except uh spoilers, I don't remember who he is. Uh, <laughs> oh lord reference. Oh sorry to everybody. Wait, well, what a spoiler.
1: Like not even the not even the spoiler people were asking about. You just came <laughs> with that like last Ugh. <laughs> Oh,
0: boy. Well if you I said spoiler. Hopefully you jumped ahead. Sorry, uh, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, I guess let's talk about films from 2021 that might include spoilers from this point forward. Sorry. (laughs) Um, All right, I guess we're going to do a top 10 countdown, but I know you had like 23 or 24 films, so do you want to run through a lot of your honorable mentions?
1: Okay, so this is how my list worked for the year. I actually have 35 movies that I put. uh, Well, here's the thing. I put down 35. These are the movies I like. There's plenty of movies I saw that I didn't, i.e. Mortal Kombat. But, Mm. that's not, I'm not saying you don't have to hate it like I do, whatever. But, so I'm just going to put down uh, Mortal Kombat is
0: actually number 10 on my top films. Oh,
1: so sorry! Um, (laughs) Want to talk about world building with
0: an (laughs) an ending that very much leads into another film.
1: (laughs) Okay, here we go. Just some honorable mentions. The Suicide squad free guy shang chi Val, no time to die and yeah there you go that's all i'm gonna those are my honorable mentions oh you really
0: the last one you mm, the last one was intended as a as a shot No, Um,
1: no it's not a shot it's not a shot you'll okay i imagine we're going to talk about it when it comes we will talk about it when it comes. Uh, I okay. really only have three
0: honorable mentions because these are three that ended up getting bumped out the more I started completing the 2021 watches. okay uh, the suicide squad, mm-hmm. Psycho Goreman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Fear Street trilogy. okay, okay, fair enough. uh and and that was actually the order so that was that that would have that's 13, twelve, and eleven technically on my list because that's exactly how they fell out uh and you're gonna kind of start chuckling when we start going through uh my top 10 because man i think it's gonna be an argument right from the start so i'll let you begin here zach you are the guest take it away entering the top 10
1: films of 2021 according to zach hilton okay so it's kind of a cheat for this number 10 because I'm going to say it, and for anybody listening who has seen it, they can pick which one they wanted to be, because I loved it. It's the Fear Street series. Now, okay. this is how I feel. It was higher, but like you said, as I kept going, I kept moving it and stuff like that, and I think this is a fair spot, because if I take any one of them, It is a top 10 thing. Now, if I could take all three, it deserves a higher spot, but you're also taking away from other movies and such like that. So I'm just going to say the Fear Street series is my number 10.
0: I cannot hate. I told you it got bumped out. The only Mm -hmm. reason it got bumped out is because you reminded me of one movie that I did not see in 2021 that ended up getting put in there. Yep. You know what caused it to get bumped now.
1: Wow. And I'm okay with that
0: yes yes i figured you would be but that's mm. why i got pumped out but yeah no i agree i agree with you that i think that is i, I don't call it a trilogy it's one complete movie to me exactly it feels like it's just they Part broke two. it up into th- yeah three parts so but it was fabulous uh but for my number 10
1: i'm curious if this even made your list cruella uh it did make my list Ooh. Very so curious. if you want to wait to that Ooh, all right
0: yeah i'll wait i'll wait till that because i think i know where that might end up then Ooh, um,
1: okay all right your number nine my number nine is halloween kills um it took t- well do you have it on your list it is not on my list okay so just for my uh my speaking here It took two viewings for me to really solidify that I like, oh, no, I really do love this movie because it went from like to love. And this is why. How many times have we got movies where people crap on it? And then when either the sequel comes out or you give it five years down the line and you come back to it and people seem to like jump on it, like it's one of the best things in the world. I feel that way with Halloween Kills, where I do feel it's complete, I do enjoy it as a movie, and I think once this entire trilogy's out, it's it's going to kind of kick up in notches for people. So, it that's why it gets on my list as number nine. I also know, and
0: it's, it's okay. We have biases on this show. Cause one of mine is going to be a little bit of a bias this year, uh, mm-hmm. but I know you're a big fan of the Halloween franchise to begin with. Yeah. I mean, so, it's my uh, favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're a Michael guy. Uh, listen, if they came out with a nightmare film, they treat 2009, 10, whatever the hell year it was, uh, right. it's going to end up on my list. Like, yeah, Rob, I'd put freaking dream child on my top 10 list for that year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my number nine, uh, one that I'm so happy I watched before the end of the year, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar.
1: Mm, what a good dang on movie! From beginning
0: to end, one of the funniest films I saw this year. Uh, Jamie Doran, or Doran, yeah, Doran, uh, singing and dancing. Mm. Morgan Freeman, crab. <laughs> like <laughs> this movie had everything. It was a well pieced together. Like it would be an SNL skit turned into a movie, but one of the better SNL skits turned into a movie. Like it's not one note. It keeps, right. it keeps changing and finding ways to adapt throughout and remaining. So funny along the way. Like you're loved,
1: loved it. You're absolutely right. Like it is like this generations of like Wayne's world kind of yeah. look. Um, I, I do have it on my top list. Uh, I kind of, It's so funny because everybody talks about how much they loved it. And I watched it early on. Like I saw it before everybody else. And I remember that like initial trailer, not telling you what this movie was about. And then you finally watch it and it's like, that's a damn good movie. And you're right. uh, The guy from 50 shades of gray, that scene where he sings, I lost my mind. I listened to that song for like a month straight um, I've been listening movie. to it since. <laughs> great, great movie. You're absolutely yeah. right.
0: Deserves yeah. it. Uh, I can't wait to see to hear officially where it falls on your list.
1: Uh, well, officially, it, I, I gave my like 15 and before, and it actually fell at 16.
0: Oh, gotcha. Overall, yeah, yeah. overall list. Uh, yeah,
1: overall list. It was on number 16. All right.
0: What is sitting uh, at number eight for you? Uh,
1: number eight is Clerk. Oh shit! Guess what? What? My number eight is Clerk. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so it's really funny because when Kevin Smith talks about this movie on his podcast, about someone doing a documentary about him, I was like, okay, this should be a cute little watch. I can't wait to see it. And he took it on tour and stuff with the director. I was like, man, he really is loving this movie. Um, and then when it finally became available on demand, I, I rented it immediately the first weekend it was out and it, captured me so much i i've always been a kevin smith fan but this movie shows you how much people loved him in his world how much i mean honestly how much he loves himself which is a good thing (laughs) but then like it really is a great documentary i watched val which was in my top 15 and this trumped it. I thought Val was going to be my favorite documentary of the year, but thank God for this movie because it is a fun watch and kind of fits into the tone of where like Kevin makes his movies.
0: Yeah. It's 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 a really well-placed documentary. I feel like I could add it to my to any view askew. Yeah. Like, watch along, like just throw it there like. Eventually, in between reboot and Clerks 3, like if you're doing a that's where you watch stuff, it. Yeah, you yeah. watch it there. Like, but yeah, you're right. This was the, this was the movie that actually bumped Fear Street out because this was the one that you, were, when we were talking, you were like, "I'm shocked you still haven't seen this." Totally forgot it came out that it was available on demand, so rented it, made sure to watch it, and. Yeah, I love this. Uh, as a Kevin Smith fan, this is kind of where I say a little bit of the bias might come in on the list, but I'm okay admitting that because mm-hmm. yes, I am a Kevin Smith fan, and I can see why people would be like, "Dude, it's it's your 2021 list, let go." But right. the documentary does a great job at showing you why people like you and me won't let go, because the guy from the beginning, he was a filmmaker, he's a podcaster, like. He was a comic book writer at a time. He didn't need to be when they needed it. Like he's been somebody that like this documentary does a great job at showing non Kevin Smith fans that whatever notions they have about him because of the box office bombs or whatever, or the bad press, you know, Oh, cop out. Oh, the Walrus movie. Oh, yoga hosers. You know, the traditional it's easy to kick the guy. You realize that that is just all garbage right this dude just don't even give a crap that you knock him for whatever you consider to be a bad film because there are legions of us that are like yeah yoga hosers was like what the hell man and tusk might be a hard watch but we're still there we still love you and it's a
1: weird universe man and you create weird things and we're there for it and then you do something like jane silent bob's reboot and like it shows you no he still has it he's just he's gone super indie again like When I watch that movie, I have to look at it from a eye that just like how he did with Clerks, not with that Miramax money that he had for the first one, but he's literally back into that indie world. So it really makes me excited for Clerks three. But this movie itself, it was just such a good watch. To, and like you said, I, I I would watch that and go right into Clerks now three yeah. Clerks three.
0: Yeah, and I would also suggest it if if anybody listening right now is like, oh, I'm not a Kevin Smith fan. No, give it a watch. I think your perception will change, which is, I mean, the point of a documentary is to learn something you truly don't know about people. And actually, I did feel like I learned more, like you said. Seeing, we, we all knew, like, you know, you know if you listen to Fat Man Beyond, Mark Bernardin loves him. You know Ralph Garman loves him. Right. But to hear, like, Scott Mosier, the guy that, you know, made the latest, grinch movie for universal right. like to hear he- the way he's talking about him and like how i wouldn't have a if it wasn't for him so yeah you people wouldn't have that grinch movie with benedict cumberbatch if it wasn't for kevin smith like all of that like brian quinn from impractical mm-hmm. jokers really getting oh, yeah. to hear him like and yeah. how how
1: kevin smith gave him a job <laughs> like- well And like, not only that, like, and I, his wife, like you never get to hear his wife talk about him. And when she was getting broken up about him dying and stuff, like that was getting to me. So it was nice to see personal stuff outside of just his camera persona. Oh yeah. 100% agreed. All right. Mm -hmm. Number seven. Uh, My number seven is Cruella. Hey, 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 there it is. So for me, like I watch this at home and I have a, uh, it's, a it's a new checkbox that I have when I watch something at home because we're in a new world where movies aren't just a theater thing. It is a Netflix thing a Hulu and stuff like that. And that's where this fell on me when Disney Plus put this out. I I bought it because obviously I have a kid, so it's harder to get the theater, especially with the pandemic and stuff like that. So at that time when I watched this, I was like, oh, man. I wish I saw this in theater because this is pretty. I love Emma Stone in it. She is fantastic. It's the first time Disney has done a villain story where like, oh no, this makes sense of where she goes, especially by the end, spoiler alert, she is evil. And I dig the entire go of it. I love Emma Thompson in it. It's just top-notch directing. Great movie. Any movie that has a deep cut doors
0: needle drop when it's introducing Emma Thompson
1: <laughs> is
0: going to be in my top 10 I nice a huge doors fan that caught me. And you're right. If you had seen this movie in the theater, not only is it gorgeous on the big screen, but mm-hmm. the soundtrack is mm. just it's phenomenal. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was it really enhanced it that soundtrack in the theater like because you're already awesome. like oh my gosh but no seriously like when that needle drop came of the doors I was just at that point I was like this movie rocks yeah this movie rocks
1: like yeah. really rocks <laughs> I I think I knew it was going to be in my because for a while it was my number one um yeah but then i mean obviously other movies come out and you know time passes and so you really have to look at it but i remember the one scene where they had the concert at the fountain and everything got dark and yes. like i was just like this movie is effing ballsy and i am into it so good job disney number seven yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, My number seven
0: is actually Warner Brothers growing a pair and letting Zack Schneider finally show us his version of Justice League, which was holy cow. Just I'm so happy to finally have seen this. I'm so happy to know this existed. Uh, And on top of that, it's a damn good movie. It is a damn good epic film.
1: Yeah, it is on my list. I'll talk about it now and we can just list the number later. Um, It's wonderful. It is wild that they were, like, he made an event movie and honest to God, how this wasn't shown in IMAX, even for like a two week run, is still bizarre to me. Like, I love this movie so much. I bought it on 4K uh, Blu-ray. I know I can watch it on HBO max, but now for HBO max, I can watch the gray cut if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So like it, it is wild how much they took away from this movie and how much they added. And I'm very, very happy. They added the epilogue stuff that they did. Um, It's just, it's, it's a comic book come to life and I appreciate the trilogy of Zack Snyder so much.
0: Yeah. And um We'll see what happens with the rumors of the Flash movie, how it, you know, oh, it might erase everything from Batflack to
1: Henry Cavill and so on. I'm pretty Uh, sure that rumor has been on every single DC movie for the past, like, five years. Seriously,
0: we've, I I feel like, I feel like at this point it is, it's it's the fans that created that, because didn't we all literally say when they were like, oh, we're moving on from, after justice league and Zack Schneider's stuff before we got the Schneider cut, we were like, all right, we'll just do the flash and have him erase
1: everything with flashpoint. Yeah. I mean, that's what everybody (laughs) has speculated on. So like you're making this up in your own world. And then on top of that, like just because Ben Affleck doesn't want to carry on being this Batman doesn't mean he wouldn't be a part of a feature thing. Like just like in the flash where he's supporting that role. Yeah. But, like, on top of that, why would he want to film the epilogue stuff then? That pretty much sets up the Nightmare series. But yeah. that's neither here or there. I think I if Zack if Snyder wanted to do the Nightmare finale, I'm pretty sure Affleck would do it.
0: Uh, agreed. And, I mean, Affleck's going to be in the Flash movie anyway. Exactly. It's like, exactly. On, it's, yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever. All right, your number six.
1: Uh, my number six is Tick, Tick, Boom. Damn, I figured um, this was gonna get <laughs> uh yeah, so I'm a big Andrew Garfield fan already. Um loved him for so long and it I feel like he's no, hasn't stepped away, but he was definitely taking those like indie jobs and stuff like that for a while. But this movie hits on all cylinders. I love the Rent movie. So learning about the guy who created it while itself is also a musical. Lin-Manuel directed this thing. I think he does a fantastic job for his first time coming out. And that's what's exciting is like seeing like the birth of things. Even Andrew, like he's never sang in a movie before. So seeing him sing, it was wonderful. Uh, Vanessa Hudgenson is terrific in this movie i don't know how she doesn't get more roles like i know she's featured in a lot but i feel like we're missing the boat on her being the like lead in some things so um i definitely think this is worth a watch if you can get around to it uh, i told you it's it, it was the top of my list of a mad i
0: didn't see it before we did this
1: yeah. I I think I think it will be nominated for Academy Award. So, I think it during that season that'll be a good time to see it. Uh, I
0: will say this, spoiler. Uh, I have a musical you have not seen as well. Oh, this is so, true. we kind of balance each other out on musical. Uh year. really wild. This This is why I had you on, man. You got documentaries mm-hmm. in yours, you got musicals in yours. Mm-hmm. Not just the comic book stuff. No, no, no. My number 6 though is a little comic booky. Uh, but man, did this film catch me by surprise this year, and even caught uh, uh, H, I call her that on this show, not Brooke 2, uh, <laughs> but, but I caught her by surprise as well. Free Guy. Ooh, such a good movie. Such so a good movie. Good. So delightful. So not what it was to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. It might have been a little predictable, you know, the whole stealing and this and that, and it really was their game and their technology stuff. But it was just, it felt like a film that was needed at that time because of how kind of crappy the past two years have been, how much, you know, like just this uplifting Ryan Reynolds being goofy as always a solid story that, yeah, you could see the plot holes coming together, but it's just so sweet that it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 if that makes sense,
1: No, yeah. No, I mean... Okay, so... And again, it's on my honorable mentions, as I did. um, And it is a fantastic, fun little movie where, like, there's even... (sighs) It's special little cameos in the movie. I think really do it. Well, do it justice. Then on top of that, I think they handled their pushing of their movie the best out of all the movies that got pushed during the pandemic, because Mm -hmm. like even a month before it actually finally came out, we got that cool uh, Deadpool and Korg
0: uh,
1: trailer, trailer review. Like that was so ingenious. And then And not to spoil it, there's something that happens near the end of the movie that I'm convinced got shot after Disney bought it. Oh, 100% agree with you on that scene. Had to, because like once that became a thing, I think Ryan Reynolds was like, ooh, can I do this? is this yeah. possible and i think that gives it even more kind of like that justice league where zach snyder got the film some things where i felt like they just improved the movie with their reshoots so Agreed. completely Agreed. great movie good call yeah. on putting it on thank you
0: all right now we're getting into the the meat of our list
1: number five zach number five is black widow Ooh, Uh-oh. yeah yeah number five. Um, so and not on your list, I presume. No, not on my
0: list. Okay. Um, but on my Marvel top nine of the year list, it's mm-hmm. my number two.
1: That ain't bad. That ain't bad at
0: all. Um, so my number one makes my top 10.
1: Okay. That's fine. That's fine. I get that. Um, so for me, this movie came out of nowhere. I, I was the movie that I was least looking forward to out of everything announced for this beginning of phase four. Um I, I had no expectation going in besides like, okay, let's get over with it. And then right from the jump from that opening scene to the credits of the movie, I was damn hooked We're introduced to the Red Guardian, who is fantastic. We're introduced to Yelena, who is And I will even say, um, Scarlett Johansson proved why this character needed her own standalone movie. It's shame on Marvel putting it out where they did, but... I can look past that and just look at the movie itself because I think it's funny when people talk about Black Widow and being like, oh, there's no stakes involved. There's no stakes. What do you think happens in a TV show, episode six out of 22? Do you think we're just killing Dean Winchester? Well, you know what yeah, I mean? probably in Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know get what I'm it, saying? Are we
0: going to be Sammy. All right. right. Right, right. Sammy. It's going to be cast, Okay. (laughs) Come on. I've seen every damn episode of that show more than once. Somebody's dying in
1: a random episode for no reason. Yeah, but that's but that's my point though. Is like it's funny to me later. (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny to me that people were harping more so on the stakes and not the movie itself. And as a movie as a spy thriller, like, and I love spy thrillers. um, This movie just hung more. So, so much. So I watched this movie three times within a week. I saw it two times in theater uh, back to back. And then I showed Brooke when she came back home uh, on Disney plus Plus and even her she was like you know what it is good f me yeah it's it's honestly it it got bumped
0: because as we're going through this list i don't think you can really argue with anything no You're probably gonna argue with me on number five in a second Ooh, fun um, yeah but like and even my honorable mentions you know it, it was it was a damn good year for films i know a lot of people were like oh kind of a down year. I think it was a good year but Black Widow really was a great spy film and yeah, you nailed it though. People were ripping the stakes because even I was like, we know the story and it's kind of a little late on doing this. Like it felt, it just felt late but mm -hmm. I still went into that movie opening night and you're right dude, that might be one of the best opening sequences before the credits of a Marvel film. Yeah, it's just you have no idea what's going on. And you're just in the middle of a spy thriller and then it just, it goes. yeah. Like, it goes. It just goes from the beginning. It just goes until the end. It is a damn good film. Although it did get a little kind of... Uh, I watched one of the, the the YouTube guys that do the How It Should Have Ended. Okay. And they kind of tore that apart a little bit mm-hmm. with the ending sequence with Yulana until it explodes. Wait. And now... And now I can't unsee what they did, which is it explodes and she's floating down and her face is melted. She just goes, is this a good way to die? <laughs> <laughs> like, as one of the ways it should have ended. Oh, that's From funny. that point on, I'm like, damn it, you kind that's... of just ruined the ending of Black Widow for me. <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> You're right. Like, <laughs> it, it really should have ended that way.
1: <laughs> that's pretty funny. I can't lie. Yeah, uh, yeah, that
0: got me pretty good. But no, damn good film. Definitely recommend seeing that if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, and my number five, I really think you should see, especially if you've seen every movie leading up to this point, and that is James Bond, No Time to Die, a.k.a. All the Time to Die, uh, because it is a long film. But yeah. I really still did not feel like I was there for that entire length.
1: I mm-hmm. did see
0: this, though, in theaters with a reclinable Ooh. at a reclinable Regal in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. after seeing the New York Rangers get their asses whooped on opening night. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. so The reclinable chair might have helped because it was a very comfortable viewing. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I really did. From the, from the opening of this movie to the very end, I really enjoyed the final chapter of Daniel Craig. And yes, the final chapter of Daniel Craig, there was no jump. There was no. He took it suing. like a man. Yeah, he took it. He took those <laughs> missiles, man. Um,
1: spoilers. Again, spoilers. James spoilers Bond. <laughs>
0: <kids. What? laughs> Sorry, Mark. Hey, Mark. It's the second time. Um, <laughs> hey, I said from this point forward, as we're going into this, there's probably yes. going to be spoilers because. Oh, agreed. Time. Agreed. It's going to happen, but but yeah, no, I really did. I thought this was a James Bond movie. I liked all the Daniel Craig ones. I'm pretty certain that if we go back over the last 20 years of Daniel Craig playing James Bond five times, that I've put his Bond films in my top 10 every year. And they might all be top five.
1: You put Quantum of Solace in oh, your top 10? I mean, I mean all <laughs> of them, but...
0: <laughs> no, Quantum of Solace, that was a bad movie guy oh, experience because I remember me. seeing... I remember that year. Oh my gosh, I saw the Land of the Lost movie, and yep. then Quantum of Solics was the next oh, movie man. I saw in
1: theaters. So I was like, "This is a bad stretch of summer blockbusters." <laughs> <And> his, fi- <laughs> his final act was a noose on a goddamn movie.
0: <laughs> it was oh yeah, man. That was a bad summer. I remember that. That was that was oh. that was the back to back. But I had a Mexico Cancun trip in the middle of that, which makes it oh, nice. Wow. Oh, but that that's why bad. i remember that well that's good. Uh, and then i saw head. men in black yeah and then i saw men in black and men in black 3 was really good at maybe that's black
1: the 3. same year what is that 2008
0: 9 uh 2009 2009 something like that men yeah. in black 3 let's figure yeah, that out be, that's gotta oh, be no. 10 oh wait nope i got it that's a different trip men in black 3 was a different trip uh men in okay. black three was the after vegas Cause I was uh, really tired after that. And my friends convinced me to go last. Gotcha. But I was, I was pissy because we had done that with quantum of solace and I was mm. tired and I was like, man, this was a really bad movie and you dragged me to a bad film.
1: Got you. Got you. I was 50
0: 50 on men in black three.
1: Yeah. I was, I want to give it another go because you always like hype it up. I really so. loved it. I really loved it. It could be the fact that men in black two is
0: really bad. Yeah. But, but if,
1: If they did a good job, I'd like to see.
0: There's, uh, like I said, just don't think about the spoilers for Men in Black 3 now, because I didn't warn you we were going all the (laughs) way back to 2012. Um, If you can get past, like, the time and the the year doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. for Men in Black 1, like, if you can just kind of get back the, the, Jay wasn't that old, this doesn't make sense, he wasn't born yet, Okay. comment made in the first film. It's not a bad movie, like it has it has a great message to it. It really is got a lot of heart and is fun along the way. And come okay. on, dude, when you get brawlin doing Tommy Lee Jones,
1: yeah yeah well that's what (laughs) uh, what was i doing oh i know what i was doing i was watching the uh spider-mans for rewatch like the original Mm. spider-mans and the men in black 3 trailer was like at the beginning of whatever blu-ray and um dancing tom holland oh it was uh, it was amazing spider-man i'm sorry Mm. it was amazing spider-man that i was watching if it's 2012-ish 2014 um So yeah when Josh awesome. Rowling came up doing his uh doing his Tommy Lee Jones I was like god damn I wanted to love this movie I might need to go watch it so
0: yeah
1: um just so I can hit on some no time to die it yeah. was it was my number 11 it just shows you how many other movies I did thoroughly enjoy I think I think no time to die is a huge step forward over specter because i'm not a fan of specter i think specter was literally done because they they were like we got to run on this skyfall money and we have to make kind of the same movie except it falls flat because i think the director of um skyfall had no interest of doing it so they, you know, I think a lot that, of people didn't have interest in doing yeah, that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, even Daniel Craig. Yeah. So, like, I think the fact that they were like, look, we're going to end this on a good note. And I think they did. I think there are some things that I don't quite like, like the main bad guy. Like, I'm not cool. knocking, I'm not knocking Rami Malik, but I will say for just if I'm going to just give a note, why? Why are you doing this? Other than that, I think the movie is pretty, like, solid. And like you said, the the fact that they end him kicks it up another notch because now, even if you're not a whole series James Bond fan, you have a collection of James Bond movies that you could just watch, and that's it. And I think that's the best way anybody has ever done a, like, reboot and just completed it. And and that's and that's another reason
0: it, it it gets so high on my list is because they had the balls to go, yeah, Daniel yeah. Craig's Bond. Right. Moving on. Right. Yeah. You're gonna keep getting Bond. We even told you at the very end of the credits, Bond will return. Yeah.
1: And you'll guess get, what? You get can get have the point. same
0: M. You can do it. Like they they kind of also establish in this film it's just a number. Like they really yeah. hammer it home that it's just a number but I believe that they're hammering it home so that the traditionalist fan right. can try and grasp like you and me are and like an average movie. Guy, it's just a number. Okay. We see what you're doing.
1: Right. But like
0: the true traditionalist that is like the ones that are really pissed about this film didn't mm-hmm. get that. Like we're hammering this home to you because it's just a number. Right. Anybody I- can wear it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I love that she got it. And I'm not going to lie to you. I wish they did have the balls back in Skyfall to be like, oh, no, James Bond, the name, like all these different agents are just named James Bond. I, I wish they had the balls to go that route with it i don't think anybody was ready for it then because clearly they weren't ready for it now well (laughs) well, no but the difference is that the difference is is that like originally sean connery was offered that role of the butler at um Ah. the manor and he turned it down so they just did that but there was talk of like Connery was a bond like he was going to be a bond and he trained the next bond and so on and so forth but that being said that was the only way they were going to connect all of them yeah that's right I I can see why they did it and Skyfall's still like fucking top-notch movie sorry about the cuss but um It's fine. No, I'm fine it's, it's, it's the variant zach <laughs> <laughs> but but i just think no time to die is a chef's kiss to daniel craig because if anything about that movie daniel craig's hot as fire and i love the one scene with the girl from knives out oh yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah Like that yeah, entire that scene, scene is so good Holy cow! That scene rocks. Uh Ben Affleck's ex, Day de Armes, uh, Armes or whatever. I, I yes. with the name. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. uh all right.
1: What is your so, number four, brother? Uh, we talked. To, uh, thank God we went so long in that conversation, so we don't have to say anything more about this. But uh, my number four is Justice League. Perfect. All right, so, my number so, four <laughs> is in the heights. Oh, nice. Uh,
0: Yes, a movie that I just recently messaged you about. Finished it right before the new year. Uh, this one, written by Lin-Manuel. Uh, so here's here's another one of his musicals making a, a list. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, I loved it, man. It, it's I will say this: it's uh, I have back-to-back very long movies that <laughs> on my list. Mm-hmm. In the Heights is a little over two and a half hours, and at times you can feel it. But I think it does service the story in the long run because it is, and maybe it hits a soft spot for me too, coming from New York and Long Island, but it very much is just all about all these lives in a Puerto Rican neighborhood uh, in in the city and and their struggles and and different people struggling with different things. One girl with her identity of who she should be because she's the smart one that got out. Should she stay at college in California or come back? Uh, One of the kids who's a dreamer and realizes no future because of, you know, they're going to cut the dream. Like, there's a lot going on. Uh, The Vega clerk, he wants more in life. Will he get more in life? Will he find happiness? You know, the love story that's going on. Uh, It's got Corey Hawkins in it. Jack Bauer 2.0. So Dr. Dre for those of you who saw straight out of Compton like mm. it's it's a it's and it's got a lot of the cast from um, Hamilton as well. So it's a good film. It is colorful. It is I regret not seeing this in theaters. I it does justice at home, but I realize like there are shots that I was like oh my gosh, this this lighting, this setting on the big screen would with the musical number would just be enhanced right now. Over my stupid fifty-six inch, Uh,
1: it's so small. I need a projector. Yeah, you do. I'm telling you, it's the
0: wave of the future, baby. I really do. That's 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 gonna be an investment. But yeah, in the Heights, man. I again, it is slow, but when it starts to pick up, like that sequence where it starts to pick up, I was bawling. I was crying so hard and right there is when the movie like because everything is put into place all the the very slow knitting of the characters so something happens that's so huge that I was just like oh my god I know and then it all snowballs and I was like holy shit <laughs> right. it took us an hour and a half to get here this last hour flying.
1: <laughs> 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 I looked at the clock it was like an hour and a Three. <laughs> oh, now it feels like 10. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah,
0: it became The Incredible Hulk, man. <laughs> God, <Jesus. laughs> so, yeah, I do recommend this film, though. It is, it is, I love this
1: musical yeah originally i i mean i put it on i watched the first five seven minutes i was like man this is going to be fun time and my kid was just going bananas and i was like i'm turning this off because i want to pay attention like it's one of those movies and i knew it was going to be one of those so i think when it's back on hbo max if it's not already it is that's where we watched it on uh like uh for around new year's
0: Um, gotcha gotcha uh, I I'll it, it is it is something you have to pay attention to I, me- I meant to say this it was ri- it's a play so it's yeah. written for the stage that's why it takes so long to get into the setup mm. of okay now everything is coming together and starting to make sense
1: gotcha yeah I think I'm gonna give it a shot next week
0: all right I I, I can't wait to hear your review and you tell me
1: <laughs> what the hell did you watch yeah. put your street back on you son of a bee! Yeah. all right man no we
0: are into
1: the top three an oh, yeah. hour and 15 into the show <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so my number three i don't consider this a cheat um and let me explain why okay Uh, My number three is Bo Burnham's Inside. Uh, It's a Netflix special, as they're calling it, but I think it's a movie. It's 90 minutes long, which obviously is a runtime for any movie. Um, During this, it's not a normal comedy special because there is no audience. He's just in his house. So it's like a year span of seeing how he's changed from beginning of pandemic to the end of the pandemic well not the end but the end of the movie to where the, the pandemic first end was. of the pandemic yeah part one <laughs> um, I'm always a sequel guy but I don't know how I feel about it this time this is, this is the COVID-19 <laughs> version alright he hasn't yeah. even gotten yeah exactly <laughs> this is the prequel um, so as a, a one man kind of show in a movie to see him evolve or devolve however you look at it with the music in it, I was never more entrenched by something. Like, I still listen to the soundtrack of it. I've watched the spe- special movie, whatever, like, twice already. And I just got it on vinyl, the soundtrack. So, like, wow, this thing hit me more than a lot of other stuff. So, um, other than my top two. so. Yeah, this just had more of that like personal connection with me at the time. Understandable. I I actually forgot that came out this year as well
0: Uh until I was browsing Netflix last night. Mm-hmm. Realized I never watched it and never put it on my list. So uh, give it a go, uh, man. Yeah, I, I know the Jeff Bezos song comes from that, the popular one on TikTok. Uh, yep. Yep. So. Yep.
1: Uh, and cool. I will say this as well. It, it did get a theatrical release. It did. You're absolutely right. Netflix did put it out for like a weekend mm-hmm. or something. Yep. So, so uh, I, I know somebody that went to go see it. Oh, went. wow. You know what? I didn't find out
0: about it until after the fact and was so mad because I would have. Yeah, the same. She was like, oh, we went to go see. There's an album. I didn't even know it was going to be playing. And it was playing at the Alamo Draft House.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh yeah. where all the deals were. But like, yeah, like Bo Burnham, like he directed that movie eighth grade. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, it's a good movie as well. So you could really see he picked up a lot of directing like stuff because that's where I was most impressed with this is how he uses lights, how he uses cameras. And that's why it's not like a comedy special. This thing is a literal film. All right, well, I definitely will have to give that a watch for sure. Good. Uh,
0: my number three, here's where we start getting into what I consider. It's not even fan service, because I think my top three are legitimately three really good films this past year. Mm-hmm. But number three, I'm opening up the portals, baby. I'm bringing the villains of the past back, and I'm completing Tom Holland's journey to become a man. And I'm talking Spider-Man: No Way Home at
1: number three. Oh wow, number three. Okay. Um, yeah. let's talk about it, baby. Let's let's talk about it because I'm sure this is higher on your list. You know what? We'll just we won't
0: even bury bear, bear the lead. It's my number one. It's funny. It was my number one, but when I tell you what my number one is, mm-hmm. you're not gonna
1: be mad. No, I okay. We'll probably have a good conversation about that at the time. So. Yes. Yeah, talk talk about it, and then I'll give thoughts on Spidey. All
0: right. Spidey, to me, is one of the best Marvel movies they have done. I am legitimately at a crossroads right now of, does my loyalties for Guardian of the Galaxy being the greatest Marvel film, uh, like, do I lay that cross down and pick up the cross of Spider-Man No Way Home is the best of these Marvel movies? Like, I am at that fight right now, because this was... A comic book epic. We talked Justice League being a massive film and a massive comic book film. This was a massive comic book film. This was a great conclusion to a trilogy that I think a lot of us didn't realize. We knew we were in a trilogy, but I don't think we realized what trilogy we were being told until a specific moment involving uh, somebody and words that were said that should never be said by people to Spider-Man. And, you know, like, and the fan service of this film that was done in such a way that really enhanced the character, didn't just feel like, a, hey, hey, we're using magic, see, waving the hand, things you liked, like, it works. It tells the story and it helps enhance Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man and that entire third act from the moment that third act begins to the moment that third act ends is a masterclass of, of Spider-Man storytelling, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And just beautifully shot, beautifully told. I really can't say enough about this movie, man. It's a great film.
1: So for me, it is the quintessential Spider-Man movie. And on top of that, it's Tom Holland's Spider-Man movie. Like, without getting deep into it, like like you said, with the waving of the hand and like, you know, nostalgia and stuff like that. Going into this movie, I wasn't sure what I was getting. And what we got blew my mind, especially by the end of it, what we're given. And you're right, there's so many twists and turns that we didn't know about that really hit heavy each time like i got to see this twice in theater so i'm very thankful for that but it three times been... not to brag not to brag you don't have a child not to brag <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> To be fair. um but on top of that like it would have been easy to ham it up with the villains and other things and stuff like that but the villains have a continuous story. You're absolutely right. This was a trilogy for Tom Holland, but it was also a wrap up of like 20 years of filmmaking for Sony. And I'm still shocked and impressed how much I love it. It, it, And it's funny because I didn't want to go out of it being like automatic. It's my favorite. It literally had to take some thinking because of like, okay, let's take a step back. Is it the best Spider-Man movie? Hands down. Absolutely. Okay, let's take a step back. Is it one of the best Marvel movies? Absolutely. Like, no other single Marvel solo movie is more epic than this. Like, and I've said this, this movie did what Civil War couldn't. Because Civil War doesn't tell you a Captain America story. It tells you an Avengers point two five. Yes. Uh, story, which isn't unfair with that, but when people are like, oh, Captain America's my favorite trilogy of the Marvel series, I'm like, no. Where this is a Tom Holland growing experience and where he's going from here. And it's so odd that now we get a whole new trilogy going forward. And it, it's just so amazing, no pun intended, how they put it together. I was scared going into it, and I was thrilled leaving. Listen, just hold on a second. Yeah. We can say it.
0: Yeah. It was amazing. That's it why It was said. amazing. That's why I said it's amazing. Say say it with me now. It, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was spectacular. Okay. It was the <laughs>
1: ultimate. <laughs> little little jokey joke there. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: but All yeah, right. no. Completely <laughs> understand why it's your number 3 and my number 1. Let me ask you, what's your number 2? My number 2 <laughs>
0: Last night in Soho, Edgar Ooh. Wright's little psychological thriller that was I got to give uh, i I I'm going to give Brooke two credit. She actually figured things out uh, one of the uh, the main twist okay. before I did. She she caught on really really and she figured it out and she
1: That's really oh. funny because like Rob Reviewer Rob said he picked up on a lot of things. So, I'm just going to put this out here This is the first time that I've seen a movie where people are like, "This is the best movie in the world," and I figured it out. Well, no, okay. So here's
0: here's why it's really really wild. Here's the thing: it's the way that it's crafted. The story is so on the edge of are things really happening? Is it a mental breakdown? Like. There is so much going on and the trickery of the camera at times. It does get creepy. It is not. I, I think this film was unfairly categorized. Yeah. Like with the Halloween cell of go see the guy who did Shaun of the Dead, make a more serious, scary movie. Right. Because it was, it wasn't scary in like the jump scare. Yeah. You saw in the trailers like ghost hands, but I can tell you for certainty yeah none of that was the scary stuff of this film. The okay. scary stuff is the story getting underneath your skin. The scary mm. stuff is a, a lot of the shots and the setups and and the eeriness of the scenes. and And just again, that uncertainty of this of this it, it's a thriller. so you're it, it's playing out as she's playing detective in right. a sense of of a crime from the past. And digging at the past of London might not be the best idea, but again, this idea of are things really happening? Is it insanity because of mental health illness in the family? Like, So yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on in this film that is just, Edgar Wright is such a director that even if he tells a story where you can figure it out before the ending, the journey getting there is going to be so magnificent that you don't care
1: yeah no like edgar is such a wonderful director and i look forward to seeing all this stuff again uh, it's a pick and choose like i want to go see this in theater but then like something else would there and i only have so many chances so like mm-hmm. i'm waiting to watch it when it hits Redbox. i think in a week or something yeah it's coming soon it's coming soon. yeah like and honestly i was kind of shocked they didn't drop the rental price like just for vod sooner because i would have watched it sooner but hey, I, I got it I for a dollar c- off at 19 bucks good job pal um but i'm very excited about it and i you and me are both baby driver fans we're both uh shauna dead i just recently purchased the the trilogy on blue uh,
0: nice nice and i've never seen the world's end i love the world's end i think the and i i adore that film so much I, i think you will really
1: like it actually so my goal is I'm going to watch Soho when it comes out on Redbox, and then I'm going to watch the entire trilogy. Oh, man. Have fun with that. I, yeah. I got to
0: revisit Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot the I That's the one the I, I revisit. Yeah, yeah and, and it's unfair, but I just really love The
1: World's End, and Shaun of the Dead is at least twice a year. Oh, I'll I watch Shaun of the Dead at least every other year. I don't think I'm that... On that, but it's because when I get to the year, like in Halloween, I'm like, oh, man, I forgot to uh, watch like Shaun of the Dead, a comedy horror. Like it is so perfect. A comedy horror. It's my go to comedy horror every Halloween. If you, That's why.
0: And, and usually I'll, I'll get the some other point in time during the year. I'll just be like, who, you know, somebody made a comment uh, that just reminded me of Shaun of the Dead. Right. Like you know, like like that one time the Starbucks by us did the stupid with the the Frappuccino thing and did the stupid mm-hmm. uh, did the Winchester board. I like went home that day and went...
1: like <laughs> That's funny.
0: Yeah, like you just you you simply just made a
1: post that reminded me of the movie where I was like, you know what? <laughs> Okay. Well here you go. Here's the test. I'm gonna see if you watch it this week. But da 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 now let's see if i'm going to make you want to watch it <laughs> so funny. i'll tag you on twitter uh, <laughs> <laughs> please do please oh, do oh boy all right uh what is your number two <laughs> okay so my number two i'm just going to say is your number one is <laughs> ghostbusters afterlife how about that how'd you figure out my number one <laughs> Well, okay. So here's the thing, and this will be a great conversation because you know what? This is all happening live. I've had the hardest time figuring out what my number one and two are between Spider-Man and Ghostbusters because they're both similar in a lot of ways. Like Sony did a good job of keeping their big like, oh, we don't want to reveal it. Actually go see it in theater if you want to see the reveals. And then, once again, there were things that I wasn't prepared for that I got to see. Again, spoilers. And this is the only spoiler that I'll give for this movie is Olivia Wilde as Gozer. I literally yelped in theater. Like, I went, because I never thought of her being that. And it's perfect casting. Um, So, that being said, besides that, it is such a good job of making a different sort of movie into a Ghostbusters movie. Like, it's pretty much Goonies turned into Ghostbusters. Yeah. And then by the end of it, you get a Ghostbusters movie. And that is flipping wild. They, they were able to use all four characters of the Ghostbusters and make each one of those like ones a main character especially one they made a main character and i'm not even lying to you brook Brooke will tell you i was crying from beginning to end of this movie now i said it, they're both on the edge spider-man and ghostbusters so i i am okay of just saying i have a shared number one between spider-man and ghostbusters I
0: understand that because there was that stretch where I was sitting with Ghostbusters and Spider-Man and kept flipping them at one and two, one and two. And then I saw Last Night in Soho, I had, which created that weird one, two, three, one, two, three, because I had Last Night in Soho as my one for a while, Spider-Man right. back in there. But where I've settled with that being my number one and my one, two, and three, I am very satisfied with that. But it could mm-hmm. be a co-shared co- for any one of those three to me. And a lot of what you said for Ghostbusters is why I put it at number one. The Mm -hmm. nostalgia feel for me on this film that was well done, that was its own film, but gave me the feels of all the movies that we love growing up. It was the Amblin film for the first two-thirds and then becomes a Ghostbusters movie once you start reintroducing the old cast. Mm -hmm. But also underneath through its score remains a ghostbusters film.
1: Oh my god. And the guy the guy who did uh, Ernest, I forget his last name, but he created a very similar score to that first movie. Brilliant. Yeah, that's what I mean. From the moment that first
0: I was like, "What? <laughs> Are you kidding?" Me? But it's not the library theme. Like, but we're like, right. "Okay, this is the ride we're in for." I got it. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, no. I'd say the start of the movie starts as a Ghostbusters film, and then it becomes the E.T. You oh, know, yeah. And yeah it's like booked. It's booked in yeah. Ghostbusters. It, it is, but it's a wonderful conclusion. It is the Ghostbusters three that I definitely didn't know I wanted mm-hmm. and was weary for, but I'm happy that we got. Think it really. I really do think it was. In my opinion, it was my be- my favorite movie of this year. That's why I put this list together so you can at me. I don't care. But yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you're right. The ending, I don't care if they brought Gozer back
1: again. I thought it made sense the way that they did it. Well, not only that, like my favorite thing is like, of course it would be the same kind of deal because like there's only one way you can bring back this yeah. entity to take over the world or take over everything. Um, And I just love how it's like, it's a retooling reboot and not necessarily do you have to see Ghostbusters if you're a young kid to understand what's going on. Like you could just watch this movie with a 10 year old and they would get it. And this could be their Ghostbusters. And and it's a great start because
0: it it feels like it's a film that wraps up the original two Yep, but is one hundred percent its own movie, creating future films. One thousand percent, it really is. And McKenna Grace,
1: ah, oh, what a was
0: star. one of my favorite performances of the year? Uh, she, she like, oh my god, man! Like she stole that film. Podcast is still oh. on my short cast of uh, Halloween costumes for the upcoming year. <laughs>
1: How, let me tell you and talk about a kid that I was afraid not to like and end up loving so much. Once they introduced him as podcast, that was the first moment of the movie. I went, oh no.
0: No, no, (laughs) Exactly. no, no. Exactly. I got really hesitant there. The first back moment of the movie that's that got me worried, but they nailed it. They they yeah. they, they they rounded him out to where I went, oh, he's just Ray. Yeah, he's <laughs> Ray. It. He's Kid
1: Ray, and I yeah. love it. Yeah, i um, was totally
0: okay with that. But yeah, I did have that moment where yeah. I remember I remember Brooke too chuckled. It was like huh, podcast, and I was like, no, 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 no.
1: no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. We're not naming a character podcast. And let me tell you, if I can't get Rick Moranis in the film, I'm so glad I got Paul Rudd because he is hilarious. The movie is funny. That's the wild part. Like, they do a really good job with the comedy in it. I saw some people say it wasn't funny. And I was like, I don't know what movie you were watching, you have uh, (laughs) Paul Rudd. Showing
0: his summer class Cujo (laughs) and child's play. Child's play. (laughs) I am totally into it and laughing. Like that is funny. Shut up,
1: people. Yeah, no, that's as funny as
0: summer school recreating (laughs) Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: That's. (laughs) Took it as I was like, are they doing a reference of a reference? That's what I thought. I was like, it's a movie that's based on an eighties film. Are they referencing summer school? That's what I took it as. It was a summer school reference. Yeah,
0: yeah. What a movie. Maybe we both. Yeah. What? See,
1: that's why it's my number one. summer school yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly if you love summer school you'll love ghostbusters after life and yeah. that's why you <laughs> subscribe to the mr wonderful show awesome. Awesome. oh my gosh. wait so did i get your number three
0: or did we gloss over your number three no we no we glossed oh, right. over yeah, we my did. number two your number two that's right which is ghostbusters which is ghostbusters and then number
1: one was spider-man all right so we got our top tens yeah there it is and let me tell you like listening to this list like legitimately understand everybody like when Rob did his completely understood it yours mine this was a great year for movies and shame of this pandemic because i'm telling you right now if things were like if these movies came out in 2018, this box office would have been ridiculous.
0: Yeah, uh, Spider-Man wouldn't have been the only
1: billion-dollar film. Oh no, I, I I don't even look at Ghostbusters making a billion, but I definitely could see it making like six to eight hundred million. It, it would have
0: made it would yeah it would have made die money that No Time to Die made, but No Time to Die oh, yeah. would have broke a billion dollars for sure.
1: Oh, for sure. I think, I think, uh, Shang-Chi. I think Black Widow. Widow. I look at, uh, No Time to Die. I think even Jungle Cruise or movie like, uh, Free Guy, F9. I mean, all these movies would have made bank.
0: Oh, F9. Yeah, that
1: would have made bank, even though. I don't want it to make bank. I purposely put Red Notice one spot above it just to shut up Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, my God. I, yeah. <laughs> and my, and how about this? And the, spoiler alert. So these are all movies that I like. So my last one's 35. My 35th is Venom 2. But here's the wild part. I owed it on Blu-ray. <laughs> Well, you
0: own Venom one, so you gotta own Venom two. Gotta complete That's the collection. You gotta complete the That's where they get you with these sequels and these, and the buying of this stuff. That's you know why oh, you God. wait for a box set to complete your Ghostbusters one, two, and three trilogy, and then you, you get a, a little piece of paper for, for the one that has <laughs> nothing to go do go with go go the
1: trilogy. But it's a standalone go. film. Woo. Uh, he raised his voice, and Sony said, "Okay." I mean, okay, sure, but... I don't want to fight that battle. Yeah, I don't... Listen, I, you and me are both
0: very big defenders of that Ghostbusters film. Oh, for sure. I, it has no
1: right to be in that Ghostbusters trilogy. <laughs> I, I'll, put, I'll put it this way. If this is the case, then they should have also included the complete series of the real Ghostbusters. Seriously. And if we're going that route, then we need to put in the Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters Extreme. And we need the Ghostbusters Universal
0: show included as well.
1: And we need to put in the 2009 remastered version of Ghostbusters the video game. Perfect. We figured yeah. it out. All the versions
0: of Ghostbusters need to be in what is the original trilogy's box set. <laughs> I need the complete trilogy with all these things.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> man. See, this is variant. This is a classy variant one. oh i love it oh man all right uh we're gonna continue on uh with our most anticipated but i'm gonna cut this off right here so anticipated next week so bye